In the late 12th century, a man would rise to power and lead a small nation of nomad warriors into battle against imperial powers. Over the following years, his empire would grow to be larger than almost any other in human history. How would he do it? Well, there would be diplomacy and peace, but for the most part, he and his soldiers would brutally murder the hell out of anyone that stood in his way. And man, are we here for that. This week on HBH, we're telling you all about this great conqueror and the somewhat shocking methods he loved to use. Settle in, grab a drink, and enjoy this episode of Hunter Proof History, titled Genghis Khan. Why can't we be friends? This is Hundred Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Ooh, yeah. Man, the way Dan hits those keys sometimes. Oh, it's so good. Makes it all worth keeping his fucking bitch ass around. <laughs> all of our Patreon money goes straight to Dan. I don't know how that worked out. Like, we gotta rework these contracts, but yeah. I think I'm gonna murder him. Okay. Well, that'll <laughs> solve the problem. There you go. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, what's going on with you? Uh, you know, Greg, it, it's kind of upsetting a little bit to be here today. As you know, we are recording this on the 5th of May, which in America is known as Cinco de Mayo. You know, big celebration of the Mexican heritage. Like, we really dive in, and right now I'm just staring at your face, and we're talking about history and shit. When I could be on the border, just hanging out in the corner, watching all these MILFs over there. They're, they're away from their husband, they're having girls' knives out, and they're just slamming shots of well tequila Every time they take one, they shout out Cinco de Drinco, and you're like, that's, oh, oh, you. And I'm just twirling my pencil mustache, wearing my Zorro outfit, and I'm like, hey, hola, senoritas, how are you? <laughs> oh, that reminds yeah. me, like, do you ever watch movies and you think about, like, alternative outcomes? Uh, You know, from time to time, I think so, but... um. Yeah, it's not too often. Why? Well, what you said, you know, about watching the mills from the corner and the on the border, it reminded me, like when I was a kid, I'd I'd watch Home Alone, you know, mm -hmm. except when Kevin McAllister, he he does the big ruse of the fake dinner party with the silhouettes in the window and the music playing. Mm -hmm. I just imagine Marv outside and, uh, you know, he knows that he's faking. Mm -hmm. He knows he's fucking faking and he's just peeking through the window watching all the machinations and like he's, he's impressed this is a kid doing all this mm -hmm. but he's just fucking rock hard because he knows <laughs> he knows it's fucking fake what <laughs> what why is he hard though <laughs> because he's like in on the secret uh, okay he knows you no know, like knows. people get stimulated for different reasons i got you yeah yeah but uh he's in on the secret and he and he knows there there's a boy inside that is gonna fucking pay for this ruse <laughs> That's kind of like you being Zorro in the corner of the that's on the border, true. you know? Yep. Yep. It's exactly the same thing. I Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Well, Greg, today we're talking about Genghis Khan, as we mentioned in the intro. And our source is Genghis Khan, Life, Death, and Resurrection by your favorite anonymous history writer, John Mann. Middle name is Hugh, 
by the way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's an alien. He probably. Stopped by the cops on the side of the road. What's your name? John. <laughs> John who? John man. Uh, what's your middle name? Hugh. <laughs> John Human. Okay, buddy. I want you to have a drink last night. He pulls out his dis- disintegrating range. Oh, and then the other cops show up and they search his trunk. He's like, this guy's got... Tons of history manuscripts. Oh my god, this John Mann was a genius. Just a <laughs> genius. Uh but no real talk. It was a good book. You know, uh he uh he tells the story of Genghis. Um he also did his own little trip through Mongolia trying to see some of the historic sites related to Genghis Khan. Uh spoiler alert, you should not try and do this yourself because it always ends with And here was a pile of rocks, and I asked somebody how do we know this is related to Genghis Khan? And they said, well, somebody said it was 40 years ago, so it is. That's what we celebrate here. There's like one statue of Genghis Khan in Mongolia. And that's it. Because so much was destroyed over the years. So we don't actually know where exactly things happened. But uh, we'll get to that. John Mann loves going to all the historical sites for, for his novels, by the way. So that's good. Do you do that with Attila? Because we read different books for Attila the Hunt, and yours was John Mann. And I, yes. He went through his... Oh, yeah. Down his path Like, you know, well. you know how in the middle of a lot of history books, they'll have the little picture section? Mm-hmm. It's just him posing with a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did them on the same tour. I mean, they're right next to each other. That's a, you know what? That's a good scam. Just getting all these free trips around Earth, you know, learning about the species so you can invade in a few years. But I'm doing it with history trips, you know. I'm yeah. just going through, learning Putting about it on your, the IG. No big deal. Just learning about uh, all your great conquerors for no reason. <laughs> you idiots! <laughs> and one thing uh, I think we should kind of stop down right now. Mm-hmm. Let everybody know. And this was against my protest. Mm-hmm. I will say that we're going with Genghis Khan. Yeah, Genghis. Genghis, yeah. Not Genghis, not Genghis. We're going Genghis. Yeah. Like the fucking Mongolian grill. <laughs> you know, but the good thing is, you know, just like one of those, it's, you know, you got the buffet of mm-hmm. different items. We're going to throw onto the griddle, you know, get it all and put it in a bowl and devour it with the spiciest of sauces. You know, all the, all the murder, all the mystery, the betrayal, the sex. Those are all our ingredients. We're just going to mix them together. <laughs> Put a big old bowl Fuck it Then eat it And then we're gonna go This tastes terrible I should have followed the recipe card What the fuck was I doing? <laughs> Sesame oil's fucking awful on this <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna eat a bunch of these crunchy things They have up front oh, just Peanuts Just fucking gnaw on these <laughs> uh, I'm not paying for the unlimited bowls Are you crazy? Yeah, basically like that Yeah, exactly like that so, uh, Genghis Khan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know what? Let's go ahead and say it. There's a lot of Mongolian names in this story. There's not a lot of Mongolian pronunciation guides available on the internet, so some of them might just be things that I'm going to come up with the top off of the top of my head and uh, try and figure out. No, I got this. Oh, do you? No, we're good. Okay, then never mind. They're not going to know any better. I know, they're idiots. Idiots. They listen to us. What a bunch of fucking morons. Some of them even give us money. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Greg, are you ready to saunter up to the skillet with your full bowl of mixins and say, let's see what happens when you finish cooking this thing? I say we do it, and we add the egg to it. Oh, my. Oh, going for the extras. Look at you. Let's do it. Like a lot of figures from the Middle Ages, there is a lot we don't know about Genghis Khan, and what we do know comes from a book that was written well after his death. That book is called The Secret History of the Mongols, and is the oldest surviving literary work in the Mongolian language, making it one of the worst-kept secret histories in history. I think they just named it that to drive up sales. I'm like, oh, oh, oh I'm going to be on this secret. It's the same, same way Oprah tricked me into buying that fucking book. What book? The Secret. Never uh, read the, never I'm read unaware the, of Oprah oh, book well, The Secret basically says if you put enough energy out there saying something will happen, it'll happen. And I still haven't lost my virginity, so fuck that fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> well, since The Secret History was written in the 13th century, there is a good deal of mysticism in it, such as the Mongol race being descended from a wolf and a deer that fucked each other. Mm. Hey, where, where do your people come from? Well, um, you know... Part Irish, part English, a little bit of German in there, you know, just migrated across. This. Oh, yeah? Well, my grandfather was a wolf and he fucked a deer. <laughs> All right, okay. So, uh, may I take your order? <laughs> I'm going to give you $2 to back away from my window now. <laughs> I really wish this light would turn green. <laughs> but a great deal of Genghis's story was corroborated by contemporary sources and modern archaeological finds. So, not all this story's bullshit. We do know. A good deal of it is true. Our story begins in the 12th century, somewhere around 1160. The Mongols lived on the Great Eurasian Steppe, which is a giant grassland that stretches from Hungary to Manchuria. They were a nomadic people divided into several tribes. They were fantastic horsemen who carried recurved bows made of animal horns that were more powerful and more accurate than their European counterpart, the longbow. And what recurve means is basically the bow is it's shaped like a number three mm -hmm. kind of yeah and the upper and lower ends of that three are actually pointed back towards the enemy uh it's an interesting looking bow if you're only familiar with the way like the european bows at the time looked so yeah kind of hard to describe but the difference being is you had some precision with your shot as far as how much you actually pulled back and this, I'm just going to use gun stuff because I don't, I don't know the proper terminology. Like on the action of the bow, like the, the string, the amount you would pull back. That's a draw. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Also a nautical expert, Chris. I don't know if anybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the amount of draw actually changes where the arrow is going to go, not just its velocity. Right. So there is a difference to it. And it was accurate up to 500 meters. While they're on horseback. So you can tell these guys were kind of badass with this thing. Like they'd spent centuries perfecting this art. Whereas around this time, this is basically when England was getting their longbows and figuring out how those worked. And they could use them as artillery like that. But these guys could use them sort of as artillery and also as, uh, for lack of a better term, let's use a gun term and an assault rifle. Like you can get close and use it as well. I don't know why it's got to be an assault rifle. Why is it <laughs> black and mean looking? Ban it. Is it a Kimbo slice gun? <laughs> Isn't he dead? Did he die? Yeah. <laughs> Remember the early 2000s, everybody watching his YouTube videos like, oh my God, 
beating up some poor homeless dude in his backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's around this time that we find Yasugai, a chieftain of a small, relatively unimportant Mongol tribe. One day he was out riding and he saw a beautiful young woman named Ho Lun riding in a cart being pulled by a camel. She was with her husband, but man, he was all wrong for her. He treated Ho Lun poorly and neglected her, and so when she and Yasugai met, they accidentally fell in love and she realized it was time to leave her husband for her true love. Just like in every romantic movie ever made. Like leaving Las Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever that shitty Ben Affleck, Sandra Bullock movie I sat through 20 years ago was called. I don't remember what that was fucking called. It was terrible. They both should be killed. That's all I'm saying. Whoa. God. Well, you know, one of them is sexy and fit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other was in Miss Congeniality. The other was in a space movie, and I had several problems with the physics in that movie, and I wrote a long post email to the director. He never wrote back to me, and so now I'm boycotting both actor and director. They were both in space movies, though. Yeah, but Armageddon made sense from a physics standpoint. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch, you still got me. (laughs) I actually forgot about Armageddon until you said that. I was really just ripping on gravity. <laughs> oh, well, you fucking got me. <laughs> well, actually, what happened was Yesugai grabbed two of his brothers and chased after the cart. They intended to murder Holun's husband and kidnap her, so she told her husband to run for his fucking life, but not before ripping off her shirt and giving it to him so he could remember her scent. It's 1160. I can't even imagine what a fucking shirt smelled like. <laughs> Remember this? He's, oh, he, he like does dinosaur hands to try and catch it. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't catch it. Sorry, honey. Yeah, it smells like expired onion rings. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Yasugai took the reins of the cart and led his captive back towards his village. She cried the whole way until he told her to shut the fuck up. She was his wife now. And that is the true super romantic way that Genghis Khan's parents met. About a year and a half later, in the year 1162, Ho fired a little boy out of her baby chute. In his right hand was a blood clot, which was a sign that he would be a strong man. It's also a sign of that shit's disgusting. <laughs> right? I don't want to see that. No. That's what it's a sign of. No. What happened to the old days, the 1950s, where you just hung out in the waiting room while your wife gave birth and you smoked cigars and shit, and passed around the brandy? Uh, you know, maybe you were too busy banging the secretary at work while she's giving birth. Just just let me know how it works out, honey. I'll see you in a few weeks. Whatever happened to the good old days? That's all I'm asking. Now you gotta be well, all in. old days were 800 years after these days. <laughs> You're right. So well, they, they, were- they hadn't started yet. It's a roller coaster, okay? Like, he was... Yasu guy's like, let me see what's in his hand. Oh, okay. That that means oh. he's going to be strong. Oh. <laughs> he's going to be strong. <laughs> I'll never look at you the same, woman. <laughs> Poop came out, too. No, oh, no. Men, let's go to war. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck that. I'm leaving. All right. <laughs> let's slaughter innocents. <laughs> I, I can't deal with this. <laughs> Well, that baby was given the name Timogen, 
which has been translated to blacksmith or man of iron, which would be pretty cool if the Mongols didn't have a weird tradition of naming their sons after enemy chiefs they had captured. And this is something that other, like John Mann goes out of his way to point out and other sources won't. They're like, oh, man of iron, man of steel, he's a badass. Nothing can take on this guy. And it's like, no, nah, we captured this other dude and like we, we name our firstborn after him to kind of like, Oh, you're as strong as a baby, you little bitch. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> Look, I'm taking your name, too, motherfucker. Yeah, that's actually why uh, I'm having a Greg Jr. pretty oh, soon. congratulations. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's got my name, I guess, and I'm married to his mom, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's my wife and her boyfriend. <laughs> I, I'm the captured guy, basically. <laughs> But still, your name continues on. That's good. It's good. Yay. <laughs> Silver linings. <laughs> it means I had power at some point, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you are a worthy opponent. That's what he said when he sent you that text message with the video of him plowing your wife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, when Timogen was eight, his tough guy dad was all like, Hey. Why don't you have a fucking girlfriend yet? He rode out and met with some people from Ho Lun's clan, the Onagrads. It was here that he arranged for Timogen to marry a nine-year-old named Borta. Once they came of age. It's a very important distinction. Which, I mean, that was still like 10 or 11, you know, back then. But still, once they were mm-hmm. consenting mm-hmm. adults. <laughs> yeah, of the time. He left Timogen there for a while to prove the boy was trustworthy. And it's here in the secret history that we learn that Timogen was terribly afraid of dogs. Because his dad asked the Onagrads to keep them away from his son. No chihuahua. No! No! (laughs) Ah! What's it coming at me? Why's it wagging its tail so aggressively? (laughs) (laughs) It's licking me with a poison! Dad, help! Help Oh, you could just pick it up? Oh. Well, I didn't yeah. know you could just take it away like that. Now he looks so helpless. Just a sweet, helpless Labrador retriever puppy with a bow on its neck, bringing him a little ball over and drops it at his feet. <gasps> oh, it's brought me a curse! <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you hold him up, I can see how helpless he is. He, look, he looks actually cute. <laughs> Throw him in the fire! <laughs> we are hard people. Oh! <gasps> <laughs> on the way home Yasugai stopped to dine with some tartars and they had some really good sauce with their fish sticks that's the kind of joke other podcasts tell but I refuse to tell on this podcast you're welcome listener unless you laughed then <laughs> you kind of nailed it right <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> three days later Yasugai was super sick he thought he was poisoned but well, it's a nice reminder guys that it's 1170 so he probably had an ingrown toenail that got infected. Either way, he very soon died of death. By this time, Ho Lun had given him four kids and also helped to raise two stepchildren. Oh, shit. Yeah. She should change her name to Housewife Lun. <laughs> you know, because he turned a hoe into a housewife? I think you could do that, but he did Nobody? it. Nobody? Nobody? <laughs> no. That's kind, of, that's kind of joke <laughs> that Greg won't tell on this podcast. <laughs> uh, 
Well, now Ho Lun, I'm sorry, now Housewife Lun was all alone because the Mongols were very much against helping out widows and orphans. Mm, you're on your fucking own. Deal with it. Hell yeah. I got a podcast to do. Sorry, baby. <laughs> you come over here when you change your name back to Holon. I'm just saying. Yeah, when there are all these built-in expectations. <laughs> right? It's a single mom on Tinder. You're like, my six children are my world. You're like, swipe left. We're not going <laughs> to... Jesus. <laughs> 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 you know, nothing, no offense to her. I just, you know, I can't handle that right now. I'm just not in a good place for that. She's looking for two different things. I'm yeah. not an asshole. Yeah. I'm not wrong. She's wrong. <laughs> well, Housewife Lund became a hunter gatherer and taught her kids how to hunt and fish. It was during one of these trips that Timogen met and became BFFs with another kid named Jamuka who would pop up again in this story in a very different way. It's also around this time that a rivalry developed between 13-year-old Timogen and his older half-brother, Bector. The two got into a fight over a lark and a minnow that Timogen had caught. Bector gave him a wedgie and stole his fish. You know, just typical older brother stuff. Just <laughs> fucking noogies, bitch. <laughs> oh, learn your place. And like a typical younger brother, Timogen teamed up with his 11-year-old brother, Kassar, and brutally murdered Bector in cold blood. <laughs> yes! Learn your place. <laughs> Six feet under, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, and according to the book that all of this mythos comes from the secret history. Uh, housewife Lun, a.k.a. Ho Lun, reacted to the killing by ripping Temujin a new one when she said, You destroyers, like a wild dog eating its own afterbirth, so you have destroyed. It's intense shit from your mom. That's, that's, that's worse than I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. That one? Yeah. Yeah. When she accuses you of being a dog eating its own afterbirth, oh, you know you fucked up. Wait, what's the dog supposed to do? What's supposed to happen with a dog afterbirth? Like, oh, you wasted that shit. But no, they. Like, eat, I mean, you know, they eat it. But as you know, dog, especially in ancient, like Asian cultures, mm -hmm. is extremely derogatory. It is. It is. Just, I, she's like, you've destroyed like a dog eating its own afterbirth. Like, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry I ate my own afterbirth. I'll never do that again. Huh? And we got shit so good today that people are freezing it and mm -hmm. putting it in souffles and, and eating it. It's like, what? Yep. What? what? <sighs> That's how you gain okay. the power. The power of a grown man and a tiny baby. <laughs> <laughs> and a strong woman. <laughs> Did this in a child's kiddie pool in her living room. <laughs> Don't need anesthetics, no big deal. <laughs> like the kid's born. You're like, I don't care, just give me the placenta. <laughs> Marv is sitting on the outside of the window, just fucking rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> he just likes watching people. 
I know all those cardboard cutouts aren't real because they're not gnawing down to the placenta like that kid right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have we become? <laughs> I don't know. The best history podcast on the internet. History slash something. <laughs> I don't I'm I don't know how to define the something. But that we're the best of that. <laughs> the history slash whatever yeah. that is. That. Yeah. It's like you're looking at a very pretty person, man or female, just very good looking, but they have this giant goiter on their neck sticking out like seven inches. Like I don't know what that is. But uh, you're the hottest person that has that. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, it took us two years, but we got it. We nailed it. There we are, <laughs> dude. If we've gotten to that point in two years, mm-hmm. imagine what we'll be in a hundred and two years. <laughs> Holy shit! Still begging people for Patreon subscriptions. Oh, no, okay. there's good shit on there. <laughs> <laughs> Over 10,000 episodes. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, let's get back to work then. <laughs> All right. That sounds awesome. A <laughs> <laughs> well, word got out that Timogen had killed his brother. It was then that other clans began to seek him out, although it's not clear if it was to kill him for the murder or to kill him before he became too powerful. The first to arrive was the Kirultuk clan, which was led by a chief that the secret history refers to only as Fatty, because he had to be pulled around in a cart. (laughs) That's the life, man. Well, somehow Fatty captured Timogen and held him in stocks for two weeks, and they were probably going to kill him, but a friendly guard helped him escape. Well, a couple years later, around the year 1178, 16-year-old Timogen married 17-year-old Morta. Not much is written about the actual ceremony, but one thing that was a Mongol tradition was the man and wife having to sing poems which detailed their genealogy so they could make sure they weren't actually related. Seems like something we should bring back. Just saying. Like, can you imagine like you're marrying somebody that's like way above you? Like you're a four and they're like a ten. You know, you get to the, you realize but you, you know s- you're related. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, like third cousins. I married a John, <laughs> and then he married a Mary. You just making up names, like no, wait, wait, related. Mary Con, Mary Con, is that the same Mary Con? I'm no, 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 uh, Mary Kang. Uh, no, that's fuck. <laughs> Uh, my grandfather was John Mann, and he came from the stars, so we're good. <laughs> What's middle name Hugh? <laughs> yes. Oh, I always wanted an alien baby from the space. <laughs> it's also my grandfather. Shit. What are the odds? Well, two years after the marriage, the Merkit clan gathered up their men and raided Timogen's village. That's not meerkats, guys. It's not really cute little, you know, Timon from uh, Lion King right in this village. These are these are badass dudes just showing up 3,000 guys to raid a village. Just so you know, you're not picturing meerkats. Because that doesn't create a hilarious image in your head. Just saying. Guys, just picture meerkats. It's better. <laughs> 
Well, it turns out the meerkat chief was the brother of the dude that had been married to Ho Lun, now housewife Lun, when Timogen's dad had swept her off her feet. And they were pissed. You do not turn a hoe into a housewife. <laughs> we will not allow it. <laughs> you d- <laughs> Especially a meerkat hoe. No! You turned a meerkat hoe into a human housewife. No. (laughs) No. We will not. When they attacked, everyone fled except for Borta, who didn't have a horse, and so she was kidnapped while Timogen bravely hid in the forest. Just such a hero. Oh, fuck you. He's waiting for his chance to strike. A couple months later, Timogen joined forces with an old rival named Tolgruul and his old bestie Jamuka, who was now leader of his own clan. They tried to launch a surprise night attack on the Merkits, or Meerkats, but Timogen and Jamuka had 12,000 men under them, so the Merkits heard them coming and took off running. Well, those guys got away, but they left Borta behind. Nobody wants to take this girl with them. I'm just saying. (laughs) This poor girl. You need to shave that unibrow, honey, before, you know, just a little, little self-care, maybe. Girl, you look like you belong in a truck stop, okay? That's your first problem. <laughs> yeah. Timogen reclaimed his young bride, and he called off the charge. A few months later, Borta gave birth to a kid that was 100% not Timogen's, but he named the boy Jochi and agreed to raise him as his own. He's a good dad there. No, I was going to name him Timogen Jr., but he, he came out, and he had like these little furry ears, and he popped out of his mom's vagina, and he like, kind of looked around all nervous, and he popped back in. Like, that is definitely a meerkat baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, Timogen and Jamuka were best friends again. They started hanging out and consolidating power. They ate every meal together. They told a bunch of inside jokes from third grade that no one else got, but uh, they were super annoyed by because, geez, okay, let's move on, guys. You're adults now. And then, seemingly out of nowhere, Jamuka said he was tired of Timogen's shit and told him to camp by himself. What could have happened to drive these two best friends apart? Make them stop doing their history podcast together. What, what could have happened there? <laughs> Maybe they're all, you know... On the step, mm-hmm. taking a piss together, and you know they're just waxing philosophical, and all of a sudden, uh, Timogen looks over to the right. Shamuka's—he's looking at his dick. Clearly, he's looking at yeah. Timogen's dick. That happens. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, man, what the fuck?" And he's like, "What? What do you mean?" I saw you looking at my dick. He's like, oh, I was looking at that beetle on the ground. Like, no, you were looking at my dick. Whatever, man. I'm fucking sick of you anyway. <laughs> stomps off. He was looking at a stick, though. He you was. Know was. One by one, the Mongol families began to defect Timogen's side, believing he had been prophesied to lead them to glory. One dude even said he heard an ox saying, Heaven and earth agree. Let Timogen be the nation's master. That guy was high as fuck. <laughs> he was in like, and then we'll go live in a cave in the desert, and then all the black people kill the white people, and I'll come out and I'll rule the world. <laughs> yes, Elter Skelter. <laughs> Last episode, lest anyone thinks we're just being racist or something. You already listened. You already know. Two episodes ago, by the way. 
Well, what followed was a years-long war between Timogen and Jamuka. During several occasions, Timogen was surprised by Jamuka's forces, and he had to run and hide. Caught in the middle of this feud was old man Togrul, who had sworn allegiance to Timogen, was offered a fortune by Jamuka if he just went ahead and killed Timogen. Togrul refused this, but his son was all about that shit. And when those assassins came from Timogen, once again, he escaped. And uh, during one raid specifically, Timogen was hit with a poison arrow and was saved when one of his buddies sucked the poison out of the wound. No way you'd ever do that for me. No fucking way. What if they struck you in your penis? (laughs) That's the only way. (laughs) The man who fired the arrow was captured and basically said, Fuck you, I'd do it again. Temujin spared the would-be assassin, and he would go on to be one of his best generals. Little known fact. Yep. Well, like we said, Jamuka and Togrul had joined forces, but since... Old Jamuka apparently couldn't get along with anybody. He soon uh, turned on Togrul and kicked him out of his household, too. Like, what, dude? What? 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 No, man. That's weird. You always pick the urinal directly next to me. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter how many... Like, it's, it's a little weird. Like, get the fuck out of my house. Go, go, go live in the wilderness, you fucking old bitch. Your old hairy wrinkly balls that I have never seen in my life before. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine that's how they look. Not that I think about them. (laughs) Ah! I don't know that they're freckly. That's just, you know, just that's how it uh, appears in my mind's eye, okay? I don't know that you have an undescended testicle. I just guess based on (laughs) thought, not look. Get out of my house! (laughs) When other tribes stumbled on Togrul and murdered the shit out of him because they didn't believe he was a clan leader. There's some random homeless dude stumbling around the, the step and they're like, uh, I don't know who that guy is, fuck, kill him. They put his head on display in a banquet hall, but the enemy clan leader later stomped it to bits when he swore it smiled at him. He was just taking mushrooms. No big deal. It happens <laughs> to all of us. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all stomped the head of a corpse. We're high on shrooms. I mean, what's college about, if it's not that? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I dropped out. They wouldn't let me go to those parties. They didn't have those parties in community college, Chris. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We just had mixers where all the sad old 40-year-old dads came together and talked about how they were recently divorced and just trying to you know, restart their life and find a new path. Like, this is what it's going to be like for me when I finally finish my degree in 20 years? Oh, God damn it. Oh, God. (laughs) In 1204, Jamuka, who had been calling himself Gur Khan, which meant universal ruler, joined up with a dude named Taeyang. Temujin attacked this combined force and wiped the floor with them. It was then that Jamuka was finally captured. Temujin tried to make up with his old buddy and offered to spare his life, but Jamuka said there could be only one sun in the sky and asked for a noble death in which none of his blood would be spilled on the ground. It's a fair request, especially from this guy who anytime he captured an enemy general, he would boil them alive. Yeah, he'd boil like a bunch of generals alive at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you know. one by one, so the others got to see what was coming. Ugh. Well, you know, that's how you get a stew going. One's not enough to make a broth. You gotta... 
Yeah, throw a few in there. And then you get a real You don't want to throw soup. them all in at once. It's like throwing a bunch of ice cubes. Right. Yeah. You know, in there. You, you don't want the boil to, to cease. Right. That's true. He was a very smart chef, Jamoka. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Mongol version of Bobby Flay, you know? They both eat humans. But, uh... <laughs> Well, Temujin agreed to Jamuka's request, and he wasn't going to have any of his blood spilled. So, he had him executed by having his fucking back broken in half. What a fun way to go. Right? What if it's not fully, you know, like, effective, and you just paralyze him, and they're just like, give me a wheelchair, and having to hover around Mongolia. Man, that's not convenient. You gotta gotta be effective (laughs) with this shit. I think they just keep going until it yeah. is effective. Until they die. <laughs> until they Which finish the job. Which sounds awful. Yeah. Like, just cut my fucking head off, please. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know, this is a noble death. I, I, it's, I, I've never understood the, the, I want a noble, I want a respectable death. It's still death. There's no dignity in death. You're gonna die. The end result's the same. I want the one that's not gonna feel like a boo-boo. <laughs> that mommy has to kiss. I, I just want to <laughs> instantly be dead. I want the full William Wallace. I want my dick cut off and shoved in my mouth so I can <laughs> finally see what that feels like. I just want to know. <laughs> and no, listener, I, mean, I, I, know ref- how, I know how penis in my mouth feels. I just want to know how my penis feels <laughs> yeah. in another mouth. And I refuse to take yoga. So save your fucking comments, listener. I already cut off all my fucking ribs for the (laughs) Charles Manson series. (laughs) I can't do anything else. I just don't want to feel it before I go. I want to know how my wiener feels in another mouth. Oh, yeah, that is small. I owe my wife an apology. A couple years later, in 1206, the clan leaders of the Mongolian nation met and declared Temujin as the one true leader of Mongolia. He was then given the name Genghis Khan, which is a name whose meaning is actually lost to history. So if you see something that says it means universal ruler or ruler of the ocean, it really means nothing. This was the first time that word was ever used in history. Now the infighting was done. So it's time for the Mongolians to get ready to do some outfighting, which is the opposite of infighting. Nailed it. Got it. Mm. Yeah. History. <laughs> when he came to power, Genghis had an army of about 50,000 dudes. Another 10,000 served as his personal bodyguards, many of which were the sons of his regimental leaders. This was a pretty smart move because now if those leaders tried to commit mutiny they'd have to realize that Genghis would also execute their sons, or they'd be so loyal to Genghis that they'd turn against their own dads. He bought me a Nintendo. What the fuck you ever do? Or daddies. Yeah. <laughs> them too. Turn against them too. He instantly awarded his 88 most loyal followers with cushy jobs and declared that they would be forgiven of up to nine crimes. Ten crimes was too fucking much. All right, now you're... Okay, buddy. Too fucking far. I've had to use all of my fingers to count your crimes. That's no. like a cat. That's how a cat does. Yeah. Just nine crimes. That's all you get. Like when a kitten gets ran over, mm-hmm. it's smooshed on the road. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a fucking 
awful person of a cat. Because mm-hmm. I had done nine things already. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it just gets sent you know, straight to cat hell. Couldn't even open their eyes, and they just wandered out from the shoebox into the road and got <laughs> ran over. It was like, man, they must Hitler. have. Yeah, they must have been <laughs> sacrilege and God. And, <laughs> oof, I can't even imagine. That's why when I see those those little kittens run over in the street, I always clap, celebrate, <laughs> hoot and howl out the window. Like, thank God, we stopped another one. Yeah, I mean, from being a awful tyrant. Yeah, your personal Instagram's a little depressing, to be honest. But you know, I, I get it now. Now, now that you've explained it, it makes sense because <laughs> you don't put any captions. It's just thousands of pictures of dead kittens. I'm like, okay, it's a weird fetish, but you know, who am I to judge? I think that's a weird fetish. You see what Marv's doing on the outside of the McAllister house. <laughs> <laughs> Genghis then hired a captured Uyghur, who would be from modern-day northwestern China, to be his official scribe and to teach his princes and leaders how to read and write. This led to the creation of the Mongolian language and thus much later creation of the secret history of the Mongols. And it's through that book that we learn that Genghis Khan wasn't just some great civic leader and builder of roads, he was a brutal conqueror. And since that's the cool part of the story... Greg will tell you all about it after this break, I guess. As usual. Yep. Yes. Yes. Do it. Let's take a break. Like right now? I guess. I don't care. I don't care what these people do. Okay, let's do it. Alright, welcome back from break. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we we took kind of a long break there, at least, you know, 15-20 minutes. Just uh, had a good time, ate some food. You know, it was at least that long. Uh, but now we're back. We're here. It's literally the next day. <laughs> shh, shh. You're ruining no! the magic. You're ruining the magic! <laughs> I said, you know what? Fuck this shit. It's Cinco de Mayo. I'm not finishing this episode. <laughs> Went downstairs, took a bunch of tequila shots with my wife. I was like, Chris, uh, what do you think about doing this tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? But we're here. This motherfucker's still coming out on time. I don't want to hear any lip. All right, right. And won't be a slurred, probably. I don't know. I've been trying to. Yeah, I, I felt like I had to be in the same mindset. So Me too. I've been playing <laughs> <laughs> I was politely asked to leave a gas station parking lot earlier today because I was just slamming those steel reserves. It's like, no, I gotta, I gotta do a show later. <laughs> I gotta be on the same level, you know? I oh. was impolitely told to get out of the cab of an 18-wheeler at the truck stop. So. <laughs> you know, some people, once they're, once they get what they want, it's, right. you know, they're so, done. Oh, so inconsiderate. Ugh. Well, like I said, we are back. And we're gonna do this right. We're gonna we're gonna pretend like nothing ever happened, just like that trucker will after he kicked Greg out of the truck. After he goes home and says, "Hey, honey, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm home, kids." <laughs> Why does it smell like clove cigarettes and shame inside your truck? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just a weird thing. I must have been some hit on the road. I don't know. All That's right, meth, Billy. That's yeah. meth. <laughs> 
Well, we're going to do this right. And to do it right, that means it is time for... Second Half Seltzer. Second Half Seltzer. Second Half Seltzer. Second Half Seltzer. Three, two, one, Second day seltzer. <laughs> well, Greg, are you ready to tell the rest of this story to these humans? I don't even remember what happened in the first half. I'm going to have to listen, figure out what <laughs> this is all about. I don't know if I can know. So, good well, luck. Let's give it our best shot. Okay. Well, the first target of Genghis Khan's expansion was China, which was divided into three main groups. The Song Dynasty, the Jin, and the barbarian nation of Zhijia. The closest to Mongolia and the weakest was Zhijia, and so, in 1209, Genghis launched his invasion. The people of Zhijia, known as Tanguts, were no match for the Mongols. They begged their neighbors, the Jin, for help, but the Jin were like, bro, we aren't even friends like that, and let the Tanguts fight on their own. The only advantage the Tanguts had were their walled cities, which at this point, the Mongols had no real way to attack. A few times they'd show up at the city walls with a smaller force and then fake a retreat to draw the Tanguts out, but that only worked so many times. Eventually a peace was declared. The Tangut emperor gave his daughter to Genghis to have as his bride and agreed that Zhijia would serve as a vassal state for the Mongolians. He just got cucked. Just right out of his own daughter. Wait, yeah. no, that, no, no. It's, it's kind of messed up. Well, you know, it's back then. Yeah. That makes everything we say okay. Ah, history. <laughs> Actually, that, that does remind me, Genghis did have several wives by this time. Uh, most of them were taken from his defeated enemies and stuff like that. One was named Yesijin, who, in the middle of sex, said he should also kidnap and marry her sister. Yeswei, maybe? Yesuai? Yeswei? What do you think? Yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Just mid-thrust. She's like, you know what would make this better? If my sister was here right now. Yeah, it's like, really? <laughs> he's Couldn't have waited? All right, you know, I was thinking about that already. You know, I wasn't going to bring this up. You know? <laughs> Can't believe you're thinking of it, though. I'm a fucking champ, baby. <laughs> this is, is going to make Thanksgiving so much fun for me. You have no idea. Well, those two sisters became his most influential wives and would go on to lead their own military camps. So, Sister good. wives. Sister wives. Good for Yeah. Genghis yeah. Khan invented Mormonism. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. History. You know what? It makes just as much sense as the actual founding of Mormonism, so I'll let you have it. I'll, I'll Jesus. Give you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right after that, the djinn said, that's a real cute army you have there, but uh, you should probably swear allegiance to our emperor. Genghis spat on the ground and declared war on the jinn. In 1211, Genghis led an army of 100,000 men and 300,000 horses across the Gobi Desert to Jin. Seems very inconvenient, one man having to uh, you know, ride a horse and then carry two horses next to him. You stack them on top of each other, idiot. God. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. <sighs> it's like you're not even from Texas. <laughs> Just outside a mountain pass known as the Badger's Mouth, the Jin leader sent an officer to discuss peace terms with the Mongols. And, uh, weren't these guys like hired mercenaries that defected the Jin army? It didn't say in John Mann's book if they were. 
I didn't see that. It said in my hour-long BBC documentary. Well, say, say that. And I'm a slave to the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> I love British Bake Off. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I don't feel any shame. <laughs> also, black dicks, but that's unrelated. <laughs> Hey, uh, John, there's something I need to talk to you about. I, uh, look, don't tell the other guys, but I, uh, I caught my wife watching some BBC videos in bed last night. I don't see anything wrong with that. You get an outside source, you know, other than just the U.S. news media for your news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. Fucking Genghis Khan Mormons. They don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where's that Baptist guy who hadn't slept with his wife in 10 years? Oh, there he is. Hey, come here. Let me tell you what I found my wife doing. <laughs> that officer immediately defected and told Genghis the Jin army was waiting at the far end of the pass. Genghis drew the enemy forces in and launched a surprise attack. His archers slaughtered the Jin cavalry, who trampled over their own men as they tried to escape. The Jin had brought 400,000 men to battle. In the end, 300,000 of them were killed. And the secret history says that their bodies stretched out for over 50 kilometers. I don't know if I believe that, but... No, I mean, like, one died of, like, kidney failure. Yeah, he's in a hospital. 20 years later, and he just lived 50 <laughs> kilometers from there. Come on, man. It counts. It counts. He was over there. <laughs> well, over the following year, the Mongols roamed around Jin, capturing small villages and either killing or enslaving everyone that lived in them. They mostly avoided the large cities until they came up with a new plan of attack. They still lacked siege weapons, but they found if they forced their captives to lead the attacks, the people in the cities would be hesitant to kill their old friends and would often cave to Genghis's demands. You know what? It's, it's a smart move. I, I'll give him that, but I feel like if you were in that city, like standing on the wall with a bow and arrow, and you saw me being like forced to march forward, like I don't think you'd hesitate. Like, <laughs> fucking fucking yes. Yes. yes yes tell me adam blood for the goby blood for the <laughs> goby <laughs> eventually pretty much every city in the jin empire fell except for the capital city of Zhangdu, which is modern day beijing for nearly a full year the mongols surrounded and starved the city with its inhabitants resorting to cannibalism to survive the jin empire was crumbling and so the emperor finally gave in and gave an offering to Genghis. He gave the Mongols a princess. Oh, wow. That's, 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 that's a nice. lot. Yeah. 500 children. Mm. What, 3,000 horses. What are you going to do with those kids? What are you, you doing with those kids, Greg? I don't want to know. I don't either. 3,000 horses. 10,000 bolts of silk. Which is uh, a few... People not familiar with that unit of measurement, Come first on. of all, you're yeah. an idiot. <laughs> Second of all, uh, apparently it's enough to stretch over 90 kilometers. Yeah, I can't believe, there, our listeners have to know what that is, because, you know, I know you've been working really hard on the Hunter Proof History merchandise, and you've been, like, sewing all this stuff together, and all the bolts of fabric you've had to buy. Um, it takes a long time. We have two available right now, but... uh you know, just stay tuned. We'll have a little bit more for you. $1,200 a piece. 
just so you know. It's really getting in the way of uh, my crocheted condom business. <laughs> and just, you know, as a disclaimer, it does not protect against HIV right. or literally anything <laughs> except pleasure. But it, it does. It will, it will thwart your pleasure. But I, I got to give it to you. It, d- it still looks like a penis, just a crocheted penis with like veins and everything. It, it's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. You, you go all out on that thing. Thanks, man. So, yeah. yeah. Usually they take me you know, about a week to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's boyfriend special ordered one. It's going to take like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Jin Emperor booked it to Kaifeng, where he set up a new capital, but the people of Zhangdu tried to hold out and fight even longer. Some of these fucking Mortal Kombat names. I know. Kaifeng versus Zhangdu. Fight! Ancient Chinese lexicon, get over here! Because <laughs> I've had to look up a lot of these. Yeah. By this time, Genghis had begun his return trip to Mongolia, and wasn't there when the city finally surrendered, and the Mongols murdered the shit out of pretty much everyone left inside. The city burned for an entire month. Shitty-ass firefighters. Socialism gets you. <laughs> Well, satisfied with his victories in China, Genghis turned his attention to the West, which was dominated by the Muslims. Now, what followed has become known as the Muslim Holocaust, but that's sort of a disingenuous name. Like, yeah, a metric fuckton of Muslims were about to be killed by Genghis and the Mongols, but they weren't killed or targeted for their different religious beliefs. They're just another civilization in its way to conquest, basically. Yeah, yeah. It all actually began as Genghis was chasing down an old enemy who had fled all the way to the border of the kingdom of Khwarezm, which sat upon modern Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, Iran, and Afghanistan. Once he had tracked down and killed that old enemy, the trading routes from this area to China were completely in Genghis's control, and so he decided to reach out to a dude named Muhammad, not that one, who was the Shah of Khwarezm, to see if they could work out a trade agreement. Yeah, this one actually really loved having his picture drawn. Like, he'd always go to Six Flags and go to the caricature artists and just sit there for hours. And all his friends were like, can we please just, you know, go ride a few roller coasters? Like, oh, no, 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 this one, he's going to put me on a skateboard, guys. Watch this shit. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Look, I'm skating. I got a big old head. <laughs> now I get what? it. Because <laughs> the other one. Yeah, you can't. Big, you big, can't big, no, no. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Unless you check out our Instagram. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We're not that edgy. We'll make fun of murder victims, but we will not post pictures of Muhammad. That is the hunter-proof history guarantee. Well, this Muhammad was kind of a massive shithead. He ruled with an iron fist and constantly got into arguments with the supreme leader of Islam, the Caliph of Baghdad. Despite trying to present himself as a devout Muslim, Muhammad was constantly drunk and fucked everything that moved. And so it was only surprising to Genghis that when he sent an envoy of 500 men, Muhammad accused them of being spies and had them all killed. When word got back to Genghis, he said, Well, here I go killing again, and launched an invasion. <laughs> this time, in addition to the 100,000 men and 300,000 horses, Genghis plan Genghis? Genghis? Oh, my Genghis! <laughs> <laughs> Genghis planned on bringing the siege weapons he had learned to make from uh, captured Jin prisoners of war. In addition to the standard battering rams and ladders, the Mongols now had trebuchets, 
flame-throwing tubes, and giant siege bows that could fire arrows the size of trees through walls a kilometer away. You can definitely tell our sources based on how we relate units of measurement. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be really easy just to convert all this and be yeah. consistent, but yeah, drinking's through. fun. Yeah, 1.667 miles away. Like, no, come on, man. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> well, as Genghis's army moved west, they captured every village they came across and took as many slaves as they could. Once again, Genghis wanted to put the captured men at the front to use his cannon fodder. In cases where a city or citadel was surrounded by a moat, Genghis would order the captured slaves to march into the moats until their bodies piled high enough that they could be used as bridges. Ugh, what a fucking way to go, right? What happens if you say no? You're, you just torture you, killed. and then everybody else is like, okay, I'm going to do it. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't understand how this worked, and we're going to talk about that here in a second and other things. I'm like, I'm not sure how that just happens, uh, but like, like I guess, yeah, you, you have to use torture. You can't just straight up murder somebody, because they're going to be like, well, I'd rather die than be drowned and used as a human bridge. So, I guess you got to stop the, the whole thing down and, like, break out the torture devices. Like, look at this guy. He's not marching fa- fast enough. Can I just be a concubine, Genghis? <laughs> oh. It's open season on my butt. Please, Genghis. <laughs> no, you cannot. You have not read the fast facts yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> The army of Khorasan was actually much larger than the Mongols, but there was a lot of infighting, and Muhammad decided to protect the cities by separating his forces. This allowed the Mongol army to surround and wipe out cities with relative ease. If they willingly surrendered, they would be spared from pillaging, and most of the populace would be spared as well. If they fought back, well, that was another story. (laughs) One such battle occurred at the city of Otrar. A Muslim general named Einalchuk. <laughs> Sorry, it sounds vaguely like anal. I can't help myself. <laughs> Whatever. They know what they're listening to. Anyway, this general Einalchuk had dared to oppose Genghis, which resulted in a six-month siege of the city. Eventually, Einalchuk was captured and was executed by having molten silver poured into his eyes and ears. The civilian populace of Otrar was largely massacred, with only the artisans and masons being spared and enslaved. You look like you were fucking dying to say something. No, I don't really. Oh, you got an itch that only saying something can scratch. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're slaughtering everybody in the city, and, like, I just sprint up. Like, no, 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 I'm an arson. I'm an arson. Don't don't kill me. Don't. I'm I'm a good. And like, oh, yeah? Prove it. And you just hold up the stick figure drawing, and it's got Genghis, and it's got, like, a giant... (laughs) balloon penis like look at that it's Kangas. he's god of all penises like, no, like, take like... him away to be executed <laughs> no! oh, but that guy that guy he literally throws human shit on a canvas what is art anymore what is art anymore <laughs> that guy painted a picture of a fucking can of campbell soup come on <laughs> That's nothing. He just did it in a bunch of different colors <laughs> this bullshit. is bullshit <laughs> Jackson Pollock's just like splattering paint on the canvas like, see you later, fuck boys. (laughs) Have fun with your head separated from your body, idiot. (laughs) 
Well, wouldn't you know, a similar fate befell the city of Bukhara. This time, the citizens had the good sense to open the gates and let Genghis in, but a group of defenders attempted to hold the citadel. After 12 days, the citadel fell, and the entire city was enslaved. As they were being led away, Genghis said to the city leaders, If you had not committed such great sins, God would not have sent a punishment like me upon you. Bitch. I said that was my wedding vows, actually. That's what I said tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Chris, you have uh, written your own vows. Do you, do you care to share them now? Yes, yeah, so you say that. <laughs> the Mongol army continued west, capturing and massacring town after town. First, they took a city named Merv, and over five days systematically killed 1.3 million people. So... 13 deck a thousand, since we're doing metric these days. There you go. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then they captured the city of Samarkand. For defying Genghis, the people of Samarkand were all led to a nearby field where they were all decapitated. Three giant pyramids of heads were made. One for men, one for women, and one for the children. Muslim sources say another 1.5 million people died in Samarkand. The kingdom of Khorizm had fallen. I can't just stand there. You just line up people so we can cut off your fucking head. You know, it's just crazy. Like the people being marched in the moat. Well, I if guess... you don't do it, they'll kill your family. <laughs> but, but you already killed my family. That's my boy over there in the boy line. <laughs> Shut up and get in line. Oh, yes, sir. Fine. God. And For the record, you, I disagree with this systematic you, killing of my entire people. <laughs> and it also, you know what? To be fair, it sucks for the guys who's having to decapitate people because there's like the middle managers of this whole situation. You get like a, a 15, 16 year old kid and you're like, piles this fucking head going. <laughs> like, if I don't put this in the right place, they are going to fire me. Hey, I don't want to look, but do you have pubes? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. All right, go on that line. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, this is obviously a guy has a very thick, long mustache, but his makeup is just fantastic. It contours the nose, <laughs> you know. Uh, this is just a disembodied hand with makeup all over it and a nice oh, wig. No. Where does that go? <laughs> a damn bone pile. Put me in your pants, Kangas. Let's have some fun. <laughs> I'm about to put the gay in Kangas. Let's go, boy. <laughs> Hambone, what is wrong with you? (laughs) I'm everywhere and anywhere. I just want to have a good time. (laughs) He does bend space and time. I forget about that. He's got a little straw hat on. Little Mongolian mustache. Pointy. (laughs) Well, if if you guys thought maybe Muhammad was one of the people who were killed in these sieges. No, he actually escaped. uh, But he escaped to like this tiny island. And he died there from what the Muslim sources claim were shock and despair. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. He just, oh my, and fell over dead in the sand. Yeah. He clutched his pearls until he could clutch no more. Mm. Yeah, I guess. It was the year 1220, and Genghis now turned to the grasslands to the north, which belonged to the Christians in Georgia. Like, uh... What's his name? A fiddle player. Charlie Daniels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charlie Daniels uh, actually had a duel with 
Genghis Khan, a.k.a. the devil, oh. uh, with a violin, or, as they say in Georgia, a fiddle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this. Very few people know that's the same instrument. Very Charlie few. Charlie Daniels lost. What? Yeah. Oh, no. Genghis got his soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was mostly just a raid to gain supplies and wealth and, you know, not so much the land. But when the Georgians and Russians attempted to mount a defense, a.k.a. Charlie Daniels' dueling fiddle bullshit, mm-hmm. yep. they were soundly defeated by the Mongolian armies <laughs> and instrumentalists. Gosh. Well, now I just picture a bunch of Russians out there with their fiddles and their big tall hats, like doing the dance and playing their, you know, the Russian songs, and they just get murdered by bows and, you know, guys running up on horseback. Like, what the fuck kind of fight is this? Europe's easy, man. We did it. We did it. If you want to hear more about Russians getting slaughtered, go back and check out our Stalingrad episode. There you go. By the year 1224, Genghis Khan and the Mongols had captured the entirety of the Eurasian steppe. Turns out that during his conquest of the Muslims, he had asked for help from his vassal state in Zhizha. They refused to send soldiers, so now it was time to fuck their shit up too. The invasion began in earnest in 1227, and the Mongols made quick work of Zhizha and were just about to accept their surrender when tragedy struck. No. Yes. All good things must come to an end. Hmm. Not that this is a good thing. but It's It's like our podcast. (laughs) I mean, regular things come to an end as well. (laughs) Not so good things come to an end. Horrible things come to an end. (laughs) Honey, I'm finished. Yeah. Were we doing something? I didn't. <laughs> I was I'm thinking sorry. of my sister. She was going to visit this holiday season. <laughs> Honey, I love your gruff, masculine voice. <laughs> I love yours too, sweetheart. I'm sorry, did you say something? I was watching The Office. Mm. <laughs> well, no one is quite sure what happened. Some sources say Genghis fell from a horse and suffered a grave injury. <laughs> yeah, it's grave, all right. That's what the word means, Greg. No! (laughs) Some say he contracted a disease such as typhus. You got anything to fucking say about this one, Chris? No, you you did the last Mm -hmm. thing. No! I'm I'm just sitting here. (laughs) Either way, on August 18th, 1227, at the tender, young, supple age of 65, Genghis Khan died of death. Darth Vader, no! Following his death, his sons would take over his empire and would capture all of China, large parts of Russia, and would push as far west as the Polish border with Germany, making it the second largest empire in all of human history. Depending on where you're from, Genghis is either a hero or a monster, but either way, he was an unstoppable killing machine, which, at the very least, makes him way more interesting than you. And... Of story. Woo! We did it again. What do you what do you think about what do you think about Genghis, old Genghis Khan? What are your thoughts on this guy? Hero, villain, just dude. Neither? Yeah. I mean I think trying to put things in black and white and cat put things in one corner or the other, I, I just don't think that's a good view of history. Yeah. You know? I agree. As we summed it up, he was a hero to some and a 
a villain to others, a monster to others. Yeah, it just, it sort of, it does bother me a little when they call him like, you know, he killed all these people, he's a slaughterer. He did the exact same thing that Alexander the Great did. Basically, I show up at your town. Hey, if you want to surrender, great. You're my best friend. If you don't want to surrender, I'm going to kill everybody inside your fucking city. Yeah. And granted, it was like a thousand years later when these stories take part. So I guess things should have progressed a little bit. But it does bug me when people call him like this big slaughterer. Like well, they don't give him credit. He was a, a, a brilliant general. You know? It's also West versus East. Yeah. You know, and you find that a lot with history is the way that things are framed are a lot different when we're talking about Western civilization and Eastern civilization. Right. And the inverse is probably true from the other perspective. Right. I do not read Mandarin, though, so I don't know. (laughs) And I think we talked about that in our Attila series where, like, all the sources were Roman and the Romans were like, "Eh, this guy's okay, I guess. I mean, he just basically collapsed our entire empire but he was all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah whatever all right well anyway greg we told that story we told it well but there's a little bit more to go because it's time for fast facts fast fact number one the year 1162 is kind of a best guess at which timogen aka genghis was born One strange reason it is accepted is because Mongolia was a part of the Soviet Union, which denounced Genghis and refused to celebrate him. So, when the USSR collapsed in 1992, the Mongolians wanted something to celebrate their heritage, and it was convenient to say that it was the 830th anniversary of Genghis' birth. Fast Fact Number 2 In the brief 18-month period in which Temujin, Genghis, and Jamuka were friends as adults, They did literally everything together, including sharing a bed. But don't think there was any hanky-panky, because once Temujin became Genghis, he made homosexual intercourse a crime punishable by death. Worth it! Fast fact number three. After Zhangdu surrendered, the Mongols captured Manchuria. One city fell when a Mongolian officer took the documents of a captured Jin commander and impersonated him. He captured the city from the inside out and then had everyone killed except the masons, carpenters, and strangely, the actors. Meanwhile, that guy uh, that's throwing shit on the uh, on the canvas that's an artist is like, oh, oh, oh fuck. And he just starts being a mime. <laughs> I'm an actor. <laughs> Fast fact number four. The Russian princes who had defied Genghis sued for peace but they were all captured and executed. I have outlawed frivolous lawsuits. (laughs) (laughs) Since they were noble, they also received a bloodless death like Jamuka was granted. This time, the Mongolians built a large wooden platform that was laid on top of the Russian princes. The Mongolians feasted on top of the platform, and the princes were crushed to death. All right, we did it. We told that story. What a great fucking story, Genghis Khan's life and times were. Um, Didn't know a lot about it before we started researching this. Uh, Really, uh, really enjoyed this. I think it's very, very cool. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope it was good for you. It was good for me. I finished way, way before Greg did. So I just got to sit back and (laughs) make a sandwich and watch him do his thing. Um, But no, it was good. Hope you enjoyed it. 
If you did, be sure to check out HunterProofHistory.com where you can find our Patreon. You can sign up uh, to get these episodes early. It's $3 a month. And you get all sorts of bonus content from way back when. Probably over 100 things that just these regular normies don't get access to. And uh, also, follow us, HunterProofHistory, at 100ProofHistory on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. And we'll post the memes, make you laugh, make you feel good about yourself. That's all we're we're here to do. Just make you feel good, baby. Gregory! What else? We're going to space next week, bitches. Oh, well, we're going to try. But yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Guten Tag. But the other one... <laughs> I wonder how long that shit been under there. Oh, just really? Stuff the kid had shoved under there, or, you know, yeah. had somebody dropped and it just rolled. Like, I guess we should clean that out every once in a while. That's not Remember? my condom. <laughs> it's way too big. <laughs> Whoever it was, I'm just glad they were being safe. <laughs> Anyway, good night, honey. <laughs> I'm going to my room now. <laughs> yeah. I at 6.30, it's our agreed upon separation time. You enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs> I'll lock myself in my room and put up my sound panels as per usual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for these noise-canceling headphones you got me for my birthday. They're really nice. <laughs> I wish they weren't so mandatory, but they are nice. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little bit Genghis Khan. Oh, I get a little bit cake. I could die right there. <laughs> Just stop right there. Have you ever read Frankenstein? What do you think's better, Chris? I like to add the, ex- the egg. Give I do too. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same fucking page. <laughs> I just want to make sure that, it, your <laughs> that you're still subservient to me. I just wanna... <laughs> <laughs> yes, daddy. Okay, you're funnier. <laughs> No, that was good. That was good. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> as long as I get my zippo. <laughs> Put some cinnamon and sugar on your dick. It's Cinco de Mayo. Tanguts? Tanguts. Tanguts probably better than tan guts. <laughs> tanguts. I want to see if that Cuban pool boy has tan guts, too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you changed it, because I have captured the capture of Samarkand. Oh, I still have that, too. I guess uh, I'm just not an idiot, and <laughs> my, brain just... is, my brain is smarter than me. <laughs> I, I, I still have captured the capture. I guess I just... Mm. But then I typed city with two Ts. <laughs> what a my brain's just smarter than me. What can I say? Kill it. It was the... Shop! No! Okay. <laughs> Flash. Flash video, idiot. They made a fucking musical out of it. It's a genre called Stomp. Talk to your fucking Google. I'll turn you down. I quit the podcast. But he still had one grudge left. Oh, the movie The Grudge? No, Chris, it was a word before that. I don't know, man. It's a pretty fucking famous <laughs> movie called The Grudge. <laughs> Stupid fuck. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller And like... She's in the shower and she's doing her hair and there's like a fist coming out of her hair. He's like, what is happening? Yeah. She got fisted in the shower. <laughs>